Hello and welcome to A Broad View, the current affairs news podcast that takes the week's top news story and adds an international twist. Each episode we will be joined by a surprise guest to give us their country's unique perspective on the UK's news. This week we are joined by not one, but two fabulous guests, Rose Lander and Sophia Hartwell. Hello. Hello. How are you guys oh, doing? Hola. <laughs> Okay, guys, can you tell me your relationship with Spain? I think I'll start because mine would be an anticlimax if I went after <laughs> Sofia. <laughs> um, I studied Spanish at school and university, and I lived in Colombia for five months and Madrid for two years. I, um, I'm three-quarters Spanish, uh, so I've got a Spanish mum, and my dad's half Spanish, half English, so all my family's over there, so I speak Spanish fluently as well. I've got loads of friends over there, so that's my Don't show trip. off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. Because, <laughs> you know, you can have Spanish family, but you might not speak Spanish or, like, yeah, true. have any sort of link to the country. So You're legitimate. I feel as though it's important okay. to highlight. Do you feel more Spanish or do you feel more English? See, this is a really hard question because I do feel more Spanish even though I've lived in England my whole life and have never lived in Spain. And I think it might just be because a lot of the time I'd watch Spanish series with my mum and we'll speak Spanish at home and we'll celebrate Christmas and do the traditions that way. So actually there's lots of English things that I don't associate with as much or I just don't understand. So yeah, I would say that. Okay, so guys, the news story we have taken this week <coughs> is the general election, which unfortunately <laughs> has dominated the news. So this has been Boris Johnson's fourth attempt to get the election through the House of Commons, and he won by 438 votes to 20. Um, this was largely due to Jeremy Corbyn backing an election after an extension was granted by the EU. Can you roughly tell me what Spain and the Spanish media have thought about this event? I can't lie. My friends, when I asked them, you know, I put the general question out then thought, look, we're having an election. What do you guys think? Lots of them were like, they passed me over to the politics students and they just didn't really want to talk about it. So I asked um, the guy who's studying politics, I said, what do you think? And he's like, well, I know in general it's just being received badly here. And I asked, why is that? And all I got back was the emoji with the shrugged shoulders and the hands up. <laughs> I think that's how we all feel, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So... I know one thing I feel is that Spain often criticises, at least from what I've seen, they just like criticising sometimes the stuff that's happening in England. They think we're all a shambles. You know, the second they heard Boris Johnson was coming in, they were like, oh, he's just Donald Trump 2.0. And I was like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how comparable the two characters are, really. I think sometimes they might see him on the news, oh, he's got blonde hair. He's <laughs> kind of known for being, you know, a bit of a... You know, a bit silly sometimes, I guess you could say. Um, and they've kind of just linked the two together. So so do you think in general, Spain has kind of a lack of interest in what is happening in the UK? Oh, it's just so hard because when you don't live there, it's difficult to know. But I think they've kind of gotten a bit lost with it all now. So I think they're very involved with Brexit. Mm. Um, I think that was really interesting. A lot of people actually, when Brexit happened... Um, I remember my cousins actually saying, you know what, I think that's really good that Spain have actually, that England's actually had the guts to, to do that. I think Spain, um, yeah, Spain should have the same thing. They should be able to vote for something like that. So they did support it, mm. a lot of people that I know. Um, now, a lot of things have changed. So people are saying, well, you know what, this is silly. This has been going on three years now. You're wasting everyone's time and you're wasting Europe's time. So I think there has been a flip in attitude mm -hmm. so I don't think it's that they're always uninterested I think just at the moment as probably we all feel stuff's been dragging out for a long time a and little bit of a yeah, political overload 
Rose, how do you think the Spanish media reacted to it? Okay, so uh, I had to do my research. So I looked at El País and El Mundo. And El País is centre-left. I think I'm getting this the right way around. And El Mundo is centre-right. Do you think that's right? I think I think that's right. (laughs) So, but when I was looking at their coverage of the story, both of them just were kind of indifferent. I think there wasn't really much difference between the articles on each of the websites, which I think kind of goes to what Sophia was saying about that they kind of don't really pay much attention. Yeah, the articles were kind of just very factual, just quoting quoting the different um, parties and the different characters in, in, in the story and what they had to say without really editorialising that much, which I thought was quite interesting because I thought that maybe they would come down on one side or the other. Um, the only real difference I could tell was that um, one way or the other... OK, so one of them, I think it was El Mundo, quoted something that the SNP said. Okay. And this is like more of like a linguistic point that I really enjoyed when I read it because they translated the quote into Spanish and it was bailar con Boris. And and in English it would be like dancing with Boris. And and I I'd read in in the British press that, that was that was from the SNP that they said like we if we go along with what he says, like we'll just be playing his game kind of thing. Um but it sounded really nice in Spanish. But they didn't actually attribute it to the SNP. They just said like some people say and then in quote marks They just stole the quote. <laughs> they just like wrote it down without attributing it. So um but El País actually did like in also cover that but was specific that that was from the SNP. And I think sometimes they also quoted Jess Phillips, which I thought was interesting okay. because Jess Phillips, I'm really interested in Jess Phillips and I think a lot of people maybe around our sort of age are quite interested in Jess Phillips and what she has to say. Um, but she's just, she's an MP. She's not she's not a cabinet minister or she's anything. Not she's figure. not a leader. So I thought that was really interesting that they picked up on her thoughts, which were that the election was just going to be hijacked by Brexit and that people were going to use it to make false promises and stuff like that, which is interesting in Britain, but... Considering we're saying that Spain isn't really that interested in it, I was surprised that they picked up on her comments. Did they give any prediction about what is going to happen? I don't think they would do, really, because I think we've got to bear in mind <coughs> the election doesn't really affect them directly. Mm-hmm. Like, Spain ha- hasn't had a government for ages, They've, you know, but we don't really know about that. That's not really reported on yeah. in the UK. So I feel as though elections, you know, the process of them aren't really reported. You know, we might find out about the US, especially when it's quite controversial, like, you know, um, but they're not going to care too much about what's happening in the UK. I think what's going to matter to them is when that election finally happens in December. And maybe then they'll find out who the leader is if it's something major. For example, if Joe Swinson comes in and it's like, right, Brexit's not happening. Yeah. That's when I think Spain will start talking about it more. If Johnson stays in, then... Do you think... Spain have, I think, their next election on the 10th of November, and they've had four elections, I think, in the past four years. Do you think for them, having an election is just not a big thing anymore? It's kind of, Mm. it is now commonplace. They haven't had a stable government. They're still in a hung parliament. Do you think that they're just thinking, okay, well, I don't know, Britain, what's just not looking great in Britain as well? It's not not a significant difference between the two countries. Yeah, I think think they are very aware that this is going to be that it is basically about Brexit I think sometimes because everything in our news has been about Brexit that sometimes we we've kind of 
gone along with the fact that this is like a new thing like oh my god we're going to have a general election like it's something new and different to talk about but actually at the end of the day it's still about Brexit and I think from reading from reading the Spanish press like their focus is on the fact that this is all about Brexit and it's just Mm. like another way to um, make Brexit happen so maybe the fact that it's a general election rather than a referendum is kind of almost irrelevant. No, I don't think it's an important part in the whole like Brexit narrative now. In terms of the British papers, they were largely undecided of actually what to think about the election. They thought, OK, this is probably the wrong timing. They thought that maybe Boris Johnson could time the election better. And actually, interestingly, they brought up the fact that in terms of polls, Boris Johnson has been doing a lot worse than Theresa May in her snap election in 2017. So I think generally in the British papers, it was probably a negative narrative towards Boris Johnson. Mm. But still, yeah. In the Evening Standard last night, I don't know, I mean, this is the Evening Standard, so I'm not (laughs) entirely sure, you know, Mm. I don't don't know how reliable they are. But um, they were saying that Boris Johnson had a lead and he had like the highest um, approval rate in in a long time. So I don't know which report was maybe Mm. new or which one's dependable or not. And... um, they said Jeremy Corbyn was actually just really unpopular at the moment. The percentage, and which is, I remember reading it and thinking, oh, I'm so confused because I swear I've heard opposites. Yeah, I mean, in terms of these, these were like the Wednesday morning papers. They were all stating that he had, he was expected to win the election, but not on a majority. So I don't know, maybe yeah. that's changed in the, in the I few think days. That is the thing, though. This election is completely, I think, unpredictable at the moment. It has. I think it has the pot, the chance to solve Brexit ultimately. You know, if mm. Boris has more. Can I call him Boris? Mr. Johnson. And <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Johnson, mm. if he gets more seats, then it'll be able to go through. If, if Swinson wins, no Brexit will happen at all. Or we might have another referendum. Yeah. Like I think it's all quite up in the yeah. air. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of kidding ourselves that this is actually like a definitive moment, right? Yeah, like, exactly. It's actually not. <laughs> and I think their campaigns and everything could change everything completely because it is Brexit but ultimately I think these next few weeks will change it could could change a lot of it because I think yeah. it's not just Brexit that we're voting on really. So going back to Spanish media and newspapers or whatever news outlet in Spain what do you think how did people consume their media where do they look? I think they watch TV quite yeah, a lot. It depends on the age okay massively TV definitely yeah. I know at so dinner in Spain is normally at three o'clock like mm-hmm. between 2.30 and 3 in the afternoon. So you have the 3 o'clock news on TVE, which is basically the equivalent of Channel 1. Be Channel 1. Channel 1. BBC 1. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like at 3 o'clock when you're, around the, when you're around the dinner table. When you're around the dinner table, you'll watch the news. Um, so I think most family like will watch it that way. But I know a lot of my friends often on our group chat, it'll be Twitter. Mm, I'll see really? lots okay. of... They don't use Facebook very much at all, but Twitter, yeah. there'll be screenshots of things, Instagram as well, a lot of the time. So WhatsApp, loads of articles are spread over WhatsApp. So is this just sharing between friends or is this larger groups that people are... Um, I'm not entirely sure. I just know... So my family, we've got a group chat with my, my grandma, my granddad, <laughs> my auntie, my uncle, and... I know my uncles and auntie often send articles that they've maybe been sent from other people as well over WhatsApp. I think they also use Telegram. Telegram? What's that? Telegram is a bit like WhatsApp, but you have... So I used to have it before, but it's definitely developed from that point um, because before it was just WhatsApp, essentially. But now I think you can get films off it. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure you can get films and you can download links. It's, it's 
it's huh. a big platform that I know my uncle gets quite a lot of stuff from. So oh, really? to get back to the question, I do think the stories yeah. depend on the age, but I think social media platforms are mm. quite popular, at least for diffusing them anyway. Yeah, I think the thing you were saying about the three o'clock news and the family sitting down to watch it, when I was in Madrid, I was teaching English in a primary school and I was tutoring one of the sixth grade girls, so she was about 12. And uh, she would like talk to me about what she'd seen on the news when she was watching her breakfast in the morning, like around the breakfast table. Yeah, and she was quite she was quite impressively knowledgeable, which yeah. was intriguing. I would say that there are a lot of things, but then there's, there's lots of cases as well where the Spanish media, well, some people don't trust the Spanish media, okay. so especially with the Catalonia stuff that's happened. Some people in Spain that I know were saying that some of the pictures and shots you know, used in the pieces, they'd actually seen before in other packages to do with other things that had happened in Catalonia, and they'd kind of repeated the oh, use of them. they haven't verified their user-generated content. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, I don't know, there's some, there's some, I don't know, suspicion in some of the, thing, in some of the things that the media you- puts out. Do you think there's a slight element of people thinking the media is trying to push the government's narrative, especially on Catalonia? I don't know, because that depends massively where you come from. So Mm. my family comes from the south of Spain, Mm -hmm. where flamenco comes from, loads of bullfighting, very, I guess, the stereotypical version of what is Spanish. Um, so Andalusia and Catalonia are completely different, mm. you know. So I, the opinions that I have from most people are going to be from Andalusia, yeah. and so I don't. Most of them don't think Catalonia should separate really. But in Madrid, I, they don't. In Madrid either, but it's not like Madrid is some like it's not as as yeah. culturally traditional as Andalusia is. But they were they had most of the people I knew had really strong, really strong opinions yeah. against the independence. What were the what was the reasoning? to be against the independent? In general, it was just kind of just wanting to keep a unified Spain because that's what it has been and what in their lifetime they've been used to. But then also I had like specific arguments told to me which were along the lines of, well, so I'll tell you a specific example. I Another family that I tutored for, I um, had a conversation class with the dad one evening um, and he was telling me that he gave me this analogy that he's <laughs> he's the um, breadwinner of the family uh, and so he's like Madrid and uh, let's say and then his family are like the other places in Spain and he yeah okay and he it's his job to like he's happy to share his money with the other places which are his children and his wife it doesn't really make sense anymore but like no, it's kind of like that the money because what was it that Bar- maybe he was Barcelona in the in in the analogy I can't remember but anyway Catalonia has like a big tourism industry mm-hmm. yeah and so he was saying that if he's Catalonia and he's making a lot of money from the tourism industry because he's part of a family he shares that wealth with the rest of the family and he was saying that that's how it should be in Barcelona that they shouldn't feel like they should keep their money and separate themselves that they should feel like they're one part of a bigger family and that that is a better way of doing things. I completely agree. I think, I mean, obviously, I'm not from Catalonia, so I don't know how a lot of people there Mm. feel. But it is the case that what I try and... Because I think a lot of people think Catalonia is like a separate country, essentially, and that Spain is holding it ransom, I think, is how it's often depicted in the media, which is really not the case. I think what you could almost compare it to is if... 
if London decided that they wanted to separate from the UK, yeah. that wouldn't happen. And I've tried to use this example <laughs> to some of my UK friends, and they've just said, well, yeah, if Londoners wanted to be separate, they should. And I was like, but you, don't, you need to think about it a bit more, because it's not that simple. You can't just have one of the biggest economic providers, essentially, decide separate because they have more money. And then some people that I've asked, so I used to help in Spanish classes at my university, and the teacher was Catalonian, and... We were having this conversation and she was saying, well, I want to separate because I don't identify with the corrupt people in the Spanish government. And I thought, well, no one likes a corrupt government. No one <laughs> identifies with a corrupt government. Like, we're not choosing them for fun. Mm. So, like, that to me isn't a valid reason. And, you know, there's probably corrupt people in the Barcelona parliament yeah. as well. Um, other people I know, um, so on my year abroad, I was actually in Belgium. Um, and one girl was completely... Catalonian, like I literally think her Catalonian surnames went back like eight generations <laughs> or something outrageous. And you asked her, Oh, why do you think you want to separate? And she would just say, Well, why wouldn't we? You know, we've got our own language, we should separate. And again, that's not good reasoning. So I think it's quite interesting to compare both Spanish media and the UK media mm. because I do think that they're approaching the Catalonian situation from very different perspectives. With the British media looking at Catalonia, how do you think they're viewing it? Do you think they are overly sympathetic or do you think they are completely harsh on Catalonia and I, the people wanting to secure its independence? I think it goes, it goes back to what Sofia was saying about um, the, the mistrust of the media in Spain and the, those, the footage that we all saw of police brutality and stuff mm. like that. When you see it, it see if you take it for what it is, it seems really shocking and terrible, and that was what we saw in the UK media, and then you saw in in Spanish media them kind of saying that, as you said, like this wasn't true, and most of the people I knew or spoke to about it really took that line, the me- media in Madrid, that the, this footage wasn't accurate. Okay, so they they noticed that the media was being quite unreliable with its reporting. Well, as in the Spanish media picked up on the foot so the footage was being shared virally. Uh-huh. And then the Spanish media picked up on it and the people picked up on it and said that it wasn't true. I don't know. I it's, might it's, be it getting mixed up, but obviously with neither one of us there, we can't say what actually yeah. happened in Catalonia, but I think a lot of people in Spain don't actually think you know, they think that the violence that came from the government was for a reason, and it wasn't that they were just going to polling stations and beating up people. And I think England have, at least when I saw it in the media, it did seem as though the English media was sort of making it seem as though the government was completely out of line, which they may have been. I don't know, I wasn't there. But the focus on that was the fact that the Spanish government had been aggressive to people who were going out and voting to carry out their democratic right, which wasn't true because Mm. the vote was completely unconstitutional. And the people have gone to prison. So lots of people, you know, recently um, it's been criticised that they've been given set prison sentences um, and there's been lots of protests. They were given prison sentences because, from what I've understood, again, that they were carrying out an illegal act. They were essentially staging a coup against the Spanish government. So if that happened in the UK and someone was trying to stage a coup coup against the parliament, they'd probably Mm. have some sort of sentence, I'm assuming. But I don't see this. I don't think the British media has shown that. I think maybe it's uh, it's maybe like on along the course of this podcast, you'll see that happening in other countries, because when you cover a story from another country in your own media, you have to simplify things for the audience. Oh, massively. And 
obviously that's going to lead to perspectives being changed because if you don't have specific context or cultural context or historical context or political context, then you are going to miss things out of the story. But in the space of one article or one news bulletin, you can't explain all of that. And so a lot of stuff gets missed out. And then, But people are still going to watch it for what it is and draw conclusions on it no matter how much context they have. I know The Guardian's been heavily criticised for its reporting. I think it was an opinion piece on Catalonia and it was quite, I think it was leaning quite towards the government. And I think there is a tendency, if you are looking at what's happening in Spain from an English perspective like myself, you will just take the high points of what's going on. You'll take, okay, for example, there was the, the rape case. You'll take the imprisonment of the Catalonian leaders. Maybe you'll take the election, but like you have nothing in between. You're just taking these points. You have no continuous narrative to follow by. Mm. Exactly, and I think a lot of people, because I've tried to explain, you know, because as I said, if you're looking at two different media points, between British media and Spanish media, I find it really hard to actually decide what's happening because I've got two people telling me quite different things and feeding me different opinion pieces. So between being confused because of different medias, on top of that, when I've tried to speak to some of my English friends about it and said, oh, but in Spain they're saying this, so as I said, like trying to not like convince my friends, but try and make them see, oh, but you know, if Catalonia separates, that would be the same as if London decided to not share their economy mm. anymore. And I think English people do have it quite drilled but we have the right to vote and they should have been able to vote and it's not the same and they'll take what the news says sometimes as almost Bible, like they'll follow what the BBC has said maybe 100% fact without considering other outlets, considering other news or considering the fact that news can get turned Mm. when trying to make it, as Rose said, understandable to the audience that the media is targeted towards. I think it's really difficult to report foreign media from a impartial perspective because yeah. you are always going to impose your own views and perspective onto this country. So with Catalonia, we don't, really, we don't really know what it's like to have a part, let's say London, want to leave the country. I mean, the only similarity we can draw is Scotland, mm. Which is, but yeah, but Scottish people don't like that because they are a different country, (laughs) so they don't like the comparison. They don't like the comparison, and it's probably not the most accurate comparison. But kind of following on from that, I know that in EU circles they are really concerned about Scotland. They don't want the, they don't want a Scottish referendum. Well, I mean, from a Spanish Spanish perspective, because it could potentially trigger more reaction from Catalonia. Mm. It's quite interesting because I was reading an article again about um, the election. And they were saying what each leader was saying, you know, um, Joe Swinson's mm-hmm. campaigning to be the prime minister of the UK. But <laughs> then it, then in a separate paragraph, it said Ian Blackford is saying that Scotland needs independence. And I was like, where, where have you drawn this into this election vote? Do you see what I mean? They, yeah. It's kind of bringing that back again to the Scotland question, which I just found really interesting. Because that was just the last thing I expected to read in this article. You know, everyone's saying, you know, we're voting to have a referendum on Brexit and then he just comes out I I think we should have one for Scotland too (laughs) fair enough it changes it up a little bit (laughs) in terms of slightly changing the subject but in terms of obviously Brexit is the biggest question at the moment but for Spain I know that Spain is fiercely like pro-European from its imperial past is there any right-wing movement in Spain that does want potentially Spain to leave the EU. Is that any form? Well, there's Vox. I don't know if Vox wants to leave. They probably do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just guessing what people think. I honestly do not know, because the main... I think at the moment, there's actually just a massive swing from a lot of people our age towards... I've heard, at least among my friendship group, is Podemos, Mm. which is 
a relatively new group that's very far left. And then the other people are Bebe, which I think are the people in government at the moment, or they were recently, Mm -hmm. as I said. Spain's government at the moment has been a bit shambolic. So it's the I think socialist the government socialist, at the moment. Yeah. Pierre Soy. So yeah, El Bebe was in before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know my friends who are from El Bebe and then the others that are from Podemos, they often bicker about mm. their views. But I think the furthest right I know is Bebe. Um, well, so, the, so there is Vox, which is like far, far mm. right. Um, and they did, I can't remember what the election was now, but it was it was while I was living in Madrid over the last year. And uh, they gained quite a lot of votes when I was in One Spain the from the last year. And um, yeah, and they gained a lot of votes and a lot of people who are more centrist were really scared by it, like terrified and shocked. And so I, I didn't know anyone who liked Vox and the people no. that I did know were horrified by it and it was kind of um like the whole national front in France and like UKIP kind of vibes and obviously those two parties are big leaving the European Union people uh so I kind of imagine that Vox is as well but their main the main uh, thing that they were in the media saying was that they wanted to change domestic abuse laws to kind of have less of a focus on gender, which was really um, controversial, obviously, because there's a lot of evidence to say that domestic abuse and domestic violence is gendered. And if you take that definition away, then you are not as able to protect women. And there's a lot of gendered violence in Spain. And so they were very controversial for those kinds of things. Leading kind of on from that point, at a slight tangent. So I think it was yesterday or a couple of days ago, they had the whole wolf gang rape scandal kind of brought up again and the men were acquitted. I know that you have written about this. (gasps) How did you know that? It was on your Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Stalker. Um, How is that being reflected in Spain right now? Because I know that it has hit the headlines in the UK media because it was such a horrific story. And yeah. the details of it were so raw and so so brutal. I think uh, I think that it was that I can I can only really talk about how it was when I was there. I've kind of like taken my finger off the pulse a little bit since coming back. But when I was there, like it was huge. Like there were protests, huge protests all the time. Like everyone was really coming together in solidarity for the victim. And she was a real like focus point for the feminist movement in Spain while I was there. And there were constantly new news stories about it. Um, and it was it was in the press a lot at each stage of the trial and the outcome and then f- more protests and that they were out on bail and then that w- gave more protests and blah, blah, blah. And I think that was partly why also why people were so shocked by Vox is that at the same time where there was this party saying quite shocking things about gendered issues, people were really incensed by the Wolfpack gang rape case. And so those two things kind of really... Each other? Yeah, and and I think that made for quite a lot of tension. What was the original question? I can't remember. I mean, I don't think it was a great question. <laughs> I just wanted to know how like Spain were reflecting on now that they'd been, I think they'd been acquitted for rape, but still charged with sexual assault. So their sentence was, I think, instead of 20, 26 years, it went mm. down to 16. Yeah, and I th- so I think one of the one of the interesting things about, about that case was that, that the reason why that was the sentence that was given was because it was deemed that the attack 
didn't involve violence. Yeah, because she was unconscious. Because, and it's like, yeah, so obviously there's there's going to have to be some kind of, like, legal pressure to get the law changed because otherwise, obviously, like, lawyers, they can only work within the framework that they have. And so if by their definition of violence they find there was no violence there, then maybe the definition of violence needs to be changed or reinterpreted. Okay, guys, do you have anything to add on the subject? Is there any points you would like to make? I oh, I had one. Po- I have one point about. Um, that Should I frame it as a question? <laughs> no, no, it's really. I'll just say it because okay, it's probably not very interesting. That when I was talking to people about Brexit when that was happening, I think Sophia, you were saying that the, that the people you knew were kind of saying like, oh, maybe it's something that Spain should yeah, do some as well. Were saying that, yeah. Um, quite a lot of the people I knew were sort of like found it quite worrying and weird and would, would, you know, mention it to me in the corridor, sort of like, oh, God, what's happening with Brexit now? Like that kind of vibe. And and when I was speaking to them in detail about it and what Spain thought of Brexit and whether... And at the time, there was a lot of fuss in the British media about Gibraltar. And so <laughs> no, yeah. I, asked them, oh, a... I asked them what they thought about Gibraltar and they were like, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were like, we really don't care about Gibraltar. Like, we only care about the thousands and thousands and thousands of Spanish people living in the UK. So in fact, that they were they just did not care no. about the future of Gibraltar. I mean, at these all. were like you know just people I knew. Yeah, but yeah, they didn't care. I live about an hour away from Gibraltar, so I actually fly into. I don't live there, so this is why <laughs> actually I should probably point out a lot of stuff about politics and press. I've never lived there, so I do most of the stuff I know is through listening to people's conversations and fights about it. <laughs> but um, Gibraltar is only an hour away, so I normally fly in, and it's actually just quite funny when you fly in because actually when you're going from Spain into Gibraltar, I don't know whether either one of you have ever been I have no. not been to Gibraltar unfortunately. literally you walk into Gibraltar like most people who work at the airport actually come from La Línea which is where loads of flamenco singers come from and just walk over the road and the first road is like Winston Churchill Avenue oh you go gosh. through the place for passports and there's a phone box <laughs> and and a post box and you're just thinking what is this what is this doing here like it doesn't add up and the passport sometimes you don't get checked on the way out into Spain like it's honestly very very relaxed there so a lot of people when they say Gibraltar's English doesn't make a difference some sometimes but Spanish people who live around there just like well we go there all the time you know you can buy your salt and vinegar crisps there and you don't <laughs> they don't sell them in Spain so it is quite interesting that they don't care about Gibraltar but I think it's because Gibraltar is so accessible for Spain like unless they yeah. decide to, I'd be intrigued to see yeah. if Brexit happens what they're going to do with Gibraltar because at the moment you walk do just across. walk yeah. you know I walk with my suitcase out of Gibraltar airport straight like literally a 10 minute walk to my car that will be parked in Spain <laughs> do you see what I mean like it's just bizarre yeah maybe we're going to have to visit Gibraltar Rose <laughs> <laughs> okay guys I think we should finish there yeah thank you very much Rose and Sophia it's been a really interesting yeah, conversation oh, for having us <laughs> Stay tuned for next time, if there is a next time. Hopefully there is. Anyway, thank you for listening to A Broad View.